Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We welcome you tonight to our Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. Glad that you're joining us tonight. And we're going to get right into the Word of God. We're going to start off by going to 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 6. 2 Timothy 4, starting at verse 6, it says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have kept my kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at this day, and not me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. And then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. Thank you for standing. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. My title today is Running Well, Finishing Strong. Running Well and Finishing Strong. But before I start, I want to say that this lesson is in line with what the pastor taught last Wednesday. And uh, I had already prepared this lesson and I had no idea what the pastor was going to be teaching that Wednesday. So, you know, some are going to say that I'm a copycat. But, 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 before, but um, before I knew I was teaching, I told my wife, before the pastor was teaching, I said, I'm going to be teaching the next Sunday. And she said, how do you know? Did he ask you? I said, no, I just have that feeling. So instead of being a copycat, I think there's a confirmation. Amen. So uh, the race that is set before us, the writer is referencing, is not a physical race. It's a spiritual race. And it's not just a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, if it was up to me, I would want to run the 100-yard dash and get it over with. But that's not what this life is about. It's a marathon. And being a marathon is a strenuous, strenuous test of fitness and endurance. And knowing that the race is set before us is a lifelong marathon, we must commit ourselves to run this race to the end. Amen. We have to finish it to the end. The race that is set before us, we did not select it. You know, we did not say, I want an easy race. Amen. It's God who decided how our race would go. Some may be easy, some may be hard, but we will all go through a race. Amen. This race we run for Christ, we must stay the course in spite of trials, and persecution. Anything that would slow us down, amen, must be cast off. And that requires a daily regime of prayer, worship, reading God's word, and then examining our lives for any impediment that will help us. It will preserve by maintaining a Christ-like attitude even in the midst of trial. 
And when we have to go out, we have to finish to the end, no matter what is going on in our life. The race is set before us requires faith, stamina, commitment, and discipline in order to live faithfully. Amen. We are called to stay the course and remain faithful to the end. First, First Corinthians 9 verse 24 says this, Know ye not that they which run the race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. So you're not racing to win the gold, the silver, or the bronze medal. Amen. You're racing to make it to the finish line in the heaven. And I don't know about you, but when my life is over on this earth, I want to make heaven my home. And that requires that I remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. No matter how hard the race gets, amen, I have to maintain my relationship with God. That means that we as Christians in this race, baptized in Jesus' name, amen, filled with the Holy Ghost, should never give up. Amen. Never get up, no matter whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley. Amen. Keep on running. Amen. Keep on running. Never get up. That means that we are not to that means that we are not to overcome by our circumstances, but we overcome our circumstances. You know, sometimes when we ask people how they're doing, they say, Well, under the circumstance I'm okay. Amen. Never be under your circumstance. Amen. We should be overcome our circumstances. Amen. Because God has given us the power to be overcomers. Amen. The psalmist uh, said in Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, said this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This race is not so much how you start, but it's how you finish. It's not so how much how you start, but how you finish. Because, you know, when you first get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, you're on fire for God. Nothing can hold you back. You, you can conquer the world. But put two years behind you, amen, then you get to slow up. But you never, amen, no matter how hard it gets, never give up. Your life is hard in itself. It's hard in itself. But when you profess to be a Christian, amen, it gets to be harder because the world is constantly dangling in front of you all that it has to offer in opposition to what God wants to offer you. From within and without, without the flesh entices you to forsake Christ and gratify your sinful desires. Amen. This whole flesh wants what the flesh, you know, and we have to fight this flesh. Amen. We have to fight this flesh because we want to satisfy this flesh. Amen. The enemy hits you with temptation after temptation. The real test of your faith is will you endure? Genuine faith in Christ reserves to the finish line. Amen. Satan can 
and will put many roadblocks in your path to keep you from reaching the high calling of God. Amen. Just as potholes or hazards on roads, we can expect the Christian journey to be filled with pitfalls along the way. And as the pastor mentioned last week, the Bible, James said, it's not if you fall into temptation, it's when you fall into temptation. So you will go through trials, amen. It's not if you'll fall into trials, you will fall into trials and temptations. And I'm, I'm going to say this, it's not unusual for a child of God to stumble, trip, or even fall. That's just life. We all will do that. However, it is unusual for a child of God, amen, who has maybe tripped or stumbled or fallen, not to get back up. That's unusual. And, you know, I, Paul often said, you know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. I want to say this. I've never seen a baby walk on the first time they tried. And we've all seen a child when they start to walk. They walk, I mean, they crawl, they get up, and they fall down. They don't stay down. They get back up. They fall down, they get back up. Amen. And as Christians, we should have that same attitude. When we fall, don't stay down, get back up. Because if a if a baby stayed down, they never get the strength, amen, to get back and up and walk. There's a song that says, we fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up, amen. And many of us in this race have been in it too long, amen, to turn back now. Even if it's been a month or a day, You've been in it too long to turn back now because nothing in the past is better than what's in your future. I know as a as a teenager, when I had a, a experience with God, but I didn't really have the true experience with God, but I would spend hours listening to James Cleveland. And some of you young people say, Who is James Cleveland? Who is that? <laughs> You know, okay, we got one young person say, you know, who James Cleveland is. But he would sing that song, I Don't Feel No Ways Tired. And it says, I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far where I started from. He said, nobody told me that the road would be easy. And then in that deep voice, he said, I don't believe. He brought me this far to leave me. Amen. And that we have to have that same attitude. Amen. He brought us too far. Amen. To leave us. Whether they are spiritual or physical uh, encumbrances, this race demands that we do away with everything that hinders us and whatever else threatens our relationship with God. And I'm going to say this. It may sound funny and kind of strange, but Satan is smart. He is smart. But he's also stupid. 
because I say that because he's stupid because if he thinks that this pandemic that we're going on is going to ch- stop the church, he better think again. Amen. It's going to stop a few. Amen. But it's not going to stop the church because this church is built on a rock and that rock is Jesus. And Jesus, amen, will never let anything in this world affect what is happening on, on, in the church. Amen. This church is going to stand. Amen. They say you're in good hand with all state. I say you're in better hands with Jesus. Amen. And I, w- I want to go right now. I want to reference, amen, to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to break that into two parts. The first part, chapter 1, it, the first part is, Wherefore, seeing we are accomplished about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses? Amen. And we know that these are the witnesses spoken of in chapter uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm not going to go through the whole chapter of chapter 11, but I want to talk to you about Abel. The Bible says, Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, of which he obtained witnesses that he was righteous. Enoch, the Bible says, was translated that he should not see death, and it was not found because God had translated him. Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear, prepared an ark, to the saving of his house. Abraham, when called to go to a place, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went out. He looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of God's people rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And then the writer stops here and says, he says, For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samson, and the prophets. In other words, he was saying he didn't have time to tell all the individual stories, but he said, let me sum it up this way. He said, with an enduring trust in God and his promises, they subdued kingdom." administered justice, obtained promises, ble- promised blessing, closed the mouth of lion, extinguished the powers of raging fire, escaped the edges of sword, and out of weakness were made strong, became mighty, unbeatable in battle, putting the enemy forces to fight. Now, if these men who did not have the Holy Ghost could overcome the victories, how much more than we that have the Holy Ghost Baptized in Jesus' name, amen. Overcome all of these victories, amen. Amen. We should never give up. God has given us the power because the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. The steadfastness of these test, New test, Old Testament witnesses speak to believers today of the reward of staying in the race and never giving up. The second part of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, So if we are to finish this race, let us lay aside every weight, every burden, every encompasses, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run this race with patience that is set before us. In other words, we should rid ourselves of any thought, attitude, habit that impede our progress. 
rid yourself of that extra baggage, amen, that's hindering you, your walk with God. Amen. If, if, you, if you got baggage you don't need, get rid of it. Amen. If it's wearing you down from the race, get rid of it. Amen. Amen. Don't let it weigh you down because this race, we need to win this race. Amen. I want to make it to heaven. And no matter what roadblocks, amen, comes my way, my, my eyes are on the pride of pride of making it to heaven. Amen. And there are individuals in the Bible who started this race strong and finished weak or not at all. And first, I think the first person I think of is King Solomon, one of the wisest men ever known. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, it says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God asked, What shall I give thee? In this dream, God asked King Solomon what gift he would give Solomon. Solomon, Solomon could have chose anything. He could have asked for courage. He could have asked for strength. He could have even asked for money or fame. Solomon didn't ask for these things that might some of us might have. If God would have spoke to me from heaven and said, Rick, what do you want? Amen. You know, the first thing I would think, I went to college, God. I got an education. I don't need your wisdom. God, I, I, I don't need your knowledge. I want a million dollars. Amen. That's not what Solomon did. Solomon said, I don't want that. I want wisdom. And instead of choosing, and instead he chose to have an understanding heart. Wisdom so he could make good decisions for God's people. God was so pleased with Solomon's choice that he gives him every other gift along with wisdom. Great men and women from many nations came to hear, amen, hear him and test his understanding and knowledge. Solomon started this, the race strong. However, over time, his focus changed from pleasing God to pleasing himself. First Kings chapter 11, verse 1 said, But saw King Solomon... Love many strange women, together with the daughters of Pharaoh women, of Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonian, Hittites, of the nation concerning what the Lord said to the children of Israel, you shall not go into them. Amen. When God tells you to do something, amen, you need to listen. Amen. Neither shall they come unto you, for surely... They will, surely they will turn your heart after their God. Solomon clave unto these in love. Verse 3 says, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. Amen. I don't know how in the world he thought, amen, he could please. It's hard enough to please one wife. And he's trying to please all of these, amen. 300 concubines and his wife turned their hearts away. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wife turned away his heart after God and his heart was not perfect with the Lord and was the heart of David, his father. Solomon's intention, amen, was more on the things of his world 
and on the things of God. John put it this way, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen. Second Corinthians 6, 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Amen. Solomon, amen, ignored what God wanted him to do. And in these, there is no verse in the Bible that I'm aware of, maybe you do know, that Solomon ever repented of what he did. Amen. Within a year of Solomon's death, the land was divided into two kingdoms, and the course of Israel's history was permanently altered. Amen. The world has much to offer, but we must keep in mind and keep our minds stayed on Jesus. Amen. While you're running the race, there are, there are people on the sidelines. Amen. Some are edging you on to go, and others are trying to slow you down, but you must keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Amen. Paul said in Philippians 5, verse 8, he said, be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The Amplified Version put it like this. So be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil, prowls, about, uh, uh, prowls around like a roaring lion, Fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Amen. You raise your hand and say you're a Christian. Amen. You're a target for the devil. Amen. He wants your soul. Amen. He don't want you to make it into heaven. Amen. He'll put every roadblock he can to keep you from making it to heaven. Amen. He may put some of your friends in front of you. He may put some of your family in front of you. Amen. And keep you from making it into the kingdom of God. Amen. King Saul was another one who started strong. Amen. The scriptures tell his story. First Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 says it this way. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeol, the son of Bechorah, the son of Aphia, the ben a Benjamite. A man, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, a godly, a god and a godly. And there was not among the children of Israel a godlier person than he from the shoulders upward. He was higher than the people. Amen. We must remember that Paul was Saul was people, God's people's idea of a king. A attractive and oppressive. Amen. Now, the Lord, uh, 1 Samuel 9, 15. Amen. And the Lord told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, said, tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be cap captain over my people, and that he may save his people out of the hand of the Philistines. Philistines, for I looked upon my people because their cry is come upon me. And Samuel said to Saul, uh, and, and Saul had a many victories, 
But one day Samuel came to Saul in Saul chapter in first Samuel thirteen, verse thirteen, and Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom is not continued. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart. The Lord commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Again, we must remember that Saul is the people's idea of a king, attractive, impressive, and noble. We lack the key quality God wants in a king, heart faithfulness that leads to a covenant obedience. Without this attribute, Saul is a failure in God's sight, no matter how successful he may appear in the human eye. If you don't obey, if you don't obey God, no matter how you look in the world's eye, amen, it doesn't go anywhere with God. King Saul was more concerned about himself and an image and and a sacrifice which he was forbidden to do. He even tried to make excuses for his sin, claiming he was just wanted to offer sacrifices. But Samuel told Saul that God cares more about obedience than sacrifice. Amen. God rejected Saul as king because of his sin. And I want to end with Saul, it says in chapter 15, and it repented me that I have set Saul to be king, for he turned back from following me and had not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Verse 16, Samuel 16, 4, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and the evil spirit troubled him. All because he didn't obey the voice of the Lord. Amen. You will never get ahead when you continue to disobey the word of God. The Bible also includes those individuals who had a bad start but finished strong. And that, that was the Apostle Paul. We were first introduced to Paul as Saul of Tarsus. He was standing over the first Christian martyr, Stephen, looking on Stephen, who was stoned to death. And let's go to Acts 9, verse, Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 1. It says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and he desired of him letters to Damascus and the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And he journeyed as he came to near Damascus. And suddenly they sound round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why hast thou persecuted thou me? He was known to be a persecutor of the church. Amen. A devout Jew, he sought to quickly quiet the growing movement of men and women who followed Jesus. He had permission from the high priest to persecute those who worship God. Amen. And I'm going to move on. Saul, amen, on his way to Damascus, he had him with a mandate issued by the high priest 
to seek out and arrest the followers of Jesus Christ with the intention of returning to Jerusalem as prisoners of quest for questioning and possibly execution. The bright light from heaven caused Saul to fall to the ground. The voice of the Lord asked Saul, Why, Saul, were you persecuting him? Jesus had to explain to Saul, When you persecute the church, you're persecuting me. Paul submitted to the Lord and asked, What should he do? After receiving his sight, he was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. He became a warrior for Christ. For 30 years, he traveled witness and worked and preached throughout the Mediterranean world. He had helped and hated. He assisted and attacked, blessed and cursed. His testimony caused many to follow him. In 1 Corinthians 11, he said, Be ye followers of men, even as I am followers of Christ. 2 Timothy 4 and 6, we read, he said, For now I am ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, not only to me but unto all them that love his appearing. As Paul writes to Timothy, he knows that he has a very short time to stand before the judgment, Roman judgment, and, and his trial will be have but one outcome. He knows Nero's verdict will be death. He reflects on his ministry and his life. He looks around, he looks back, and then he looks ahead. He shares the hardship of his presence. In 2 Timothy 4, 6, he says, for now I am ready to be offered. He shared the heartbeat of his past. He said, I have fought a good fight. In 2 Corinthians 11.23, Paul says, I examined, he, Paul examined why he said, have fought a good fight. He said, I am more in labors, abundant, more in stripes. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes. Once I was stoned, thrice I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I have been in the deep, in journeying off in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen in perils of the heathen, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea. Amen. Paul was going through it. Amen. In wilderness often, in pains and watching often, in hunger and thirst and fasting, often cold and in nakedness. Beside those things which are without, amen, he still had to deal with the care of the churches. In spite of all of that, Paul said, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. And having given his best, Paul now sees himself crossing the finish line. His goal for 30 years had been to be obedient to Christ's call. His faith grew tested, grew stronger. And the Lord Jesus and Paul, whom trusted and for whom Paul had lived, has kept and carried Paul throughout the thick and thin. Amen. Would you, when you put your life in Christ, amen, he would carry you through the hard times and the bad times. Amen. He has his hands on you. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. The Bible says God's grace is sufficient. Amen. Philippians 3, 
13 and 14, and I'm coming to a quick close. Brethren, he says, verse Philippians 3:13 says, Brethren, I count not self myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press. That means to pursue with all haste, earnestly desiring to overtake or apprehend toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And he shares his hope he holds for the future. In 1 Timothy 4, 8, he says, henceforth, he says, from now on, from now on, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, amen, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Amen. Listen, whether your race has just begun, is reaching the midpoint, or at nearing the finish, the time to reflect, now is the time to reflect on your run. Amen. Are you going to finish the lot, go to the finish line, or are you going to give up and stop? Amen. Realize that the Lord is with you, and you too can fight the fight, run the race, and keep the faith. Only with God will you be able to run this race to the very best of your ability. And only with God will you be able to finish, amen, this race. Amen. I want to make it, amen. No matter how hard the race may get, no matter what comes my way, whether it's health, whether whatever it is, physical, spiritually, I want to make it to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to see Jesus. Amen. I want to make, I want to make it to heaven. Amen. And we want to. Re I want you to make it through this race. Amen. I pray that you receive something out of this lesson. Amen. Because. Amen. The race is going to be hard, but we have God to be with us. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We turn it over to our saints. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that
grace, Lord's grace that taught my heart to fear. Grace, my fear relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Let's sing Amazing Grace one more time. Amazing. 